Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And I was there all day yesterday, starting with the block party at 5 p.m. That was a ton of fun. Really cool to see all the students show up and student athletes, including the men's soccer team, as they've got a big game tomorrow from Sportsbacker Stadium. The A-10 regular season champs will play in the A-10 tournament semifinals here in Richmond on Wednesday. There were there was a ton of free food. There was drinks. It was a great time, and it's always cool to get in front of Ram Nation. As you guys know, I'm a diehard VCU fan. I graduated in 2015, and then for the pregame show, we changed it up this year, and I was live from the Commonwealth Room, and I'll start with that, JC. JC on the mic producing the show today. I got into radio because I like talking when people can't look at me, right? And I feel like I can act a fool. <laughs> I can jump up and down. I can scream. I can be as passionate as I want because yeah. I'm in this little studio here that only has one window. You see, I purposely block off the second window because <laughs> I don't like people to look at me like I'm uh, in the zoo, like I'm a wild animal. Uh, and that's what it felt like at the Commonwealth Room. It was I, I love the people. They're donors. They're season ticket holders. They're mm-hmm. diehard Ram fans. But there were 300 of them, and they were all eating and drinking, and I was the background noise, and it, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, my I goodness. I imagine. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I interviewed Lauren Tunnell, who was the cross-country star for VCU. Josh, her story is so cool because she walked onto the team. Who walks on to cross country? Like, who just wakes up one day and says, oh, I think I could run four miles in under 22 minutes. Right. Who thinks about that, right? Um, But she was going to Orange Theory with her mom, and uh, everyone noticed, man, this girl's kicking ass on the treadmill. So she walked (laughs) on to VCU. She's won every 6K that she's raced in this season, her junior season, and she'll be racing in the regional finals on Friday from South Carolina. So I just thought that was really cool. That was like an awesome moment for me in the pregame. She's got a really cool story, and I got to tell it to all of Ram Nation uh, live from the Commonwealth Room. And then the game began, and Mm. um, I was uh, not happy with the way the outcome went for the Rams. They fall in the opener, 76-65. to I'm going to throw a little bit of blame here on the VCU Athletics Department. They did not put me in my normal seat, all right? My normal <laughs> seat is up. on the uh, baseline there, court side, sitting next to John Feinstein's John Robertson. John Robertson. Nothing against the Richmond Times-Dispatch. <laughs> but they put two newspaper guys front row. Had right, you been there? Front row. Two of them. Stole my seat, and uh, I think that's the reason the Rams didn't come out firing because uh, they didn't have AWOD sitting courtside as McNeese State scores 76 points and uh, defeats VCU by 11. The short story is uh, Max Sholga, the senior guard, the transfer, had 22 points, got really uh, got going really in the second half there, but it was a slow start for the Rams offensively. And uh, I've heard a few people call into MP on the mic. Phone lines will be open throughout our show. 833-804-0910. What did you think of the Rams opening night loss at the Siegel Center? Call me. I'm waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear from you guys. But I guess my biggest takeaway was the volume shooting was just too much. And uh, I have an issue with shooting three-point shots when you're open to drive to the basket. I have an mm-hmm. issue with that. I don't care if you're shooting 50% from behind the arc. If there's a defender running at you, all right, and you pump fake, 
Go to the basket. Go get a layup. If they swing the ball to you and you are butt naked wide open, yeah, you could shoot that shot. Go to the basket and get a layup. Mm-hmm. That was the difference last night is that the Rams didn't get enough scoring inside. It, that's what it came down to. Zeb Jackson, your point guard, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. He was not the issue. Max Shulga, 22 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. He was not the issue. Christian Furman and Roosevelt Wheeler, who split the minutes at center, combined for 3 points. 3 points. Kwani Kwani, who played a lot of minutes at the 4 and the 3 position, he can score down low. He had 2 points. That was the issue there for the Rams. Toby Lawal was the one bright spot down low with six points on it. what seems like back-to-back-to-back dunks where his teammates set him up, and that's what we were missing. Where was the drive and dish to Roosevelt Wheeler that we saw in the exhibition game? Where was the drive and dump off to Christian Furman that we saw in the black and gold game? The Rams just shot way too many three-pointers. 11 of 36, 31% on the game. They shot 36 three-point shots. It's, to me, the guys played with too much confidence, right? Maybe we shouldn't have scheduled Mars Hill because we beat the living crap out of them, 110 to 50, and everybody on our team thought, oh, I can put up 30 myself. So I'm going to keep shooting from the outside. The outside shooting was a major issue, and it felt like the Rams just did not get any easy buckets, and that's what you have to do to set up your defense, right? The McNeese was able to get out and transition because a three-point shot clanks off the rim, you know, 10 feet, and all of a sudden, boom, they get it out and running, and they had three guys that dominated, three players that scored 17 or more points, and they combined for 58 of the team's 76. It was three guys that beat us, basically. And the reason that happened is because we were sloppy defending because we had bad transition defense because it was... We come up the court and we just throw up a shot. You know, oh, I'm open. I'm just going to shoot it. And um, I think it's going to take some time here for the guys to realize and trust the Ryan Odom offense will get you the same open look that you got as soon as we ran up the court, right? I want to see the Rams use the possession, use the time. Run your sets here. Pass the ball. Work the ball inside. It seems like so you know archaic to say that. But it felt to me like every possession that VCU passed it down low to Furman, passed it down low to Wheeler, and then passed it back outside, they got a score. They got a bucket. When you're just passing it around the perimeter, you're making it too easy for the defense. And that's what they did last night. It was too easy for McNeese State to defend. And I will give Will Wade some credit here. His boys were ready to play. They they looked very well coached. Uh, they had like a pack line defense, it felt like, in the first half. It was not letting the Rams do anything inside the paint. And uh, in the second half, it was a little too, too little too late. Anytime the Rams went on a run, the Cowboys of McNeese State would respond and answer. Zeb Jackson, like I said, 14 points, a career high in assists with eight and seven rebounds. I'm looking at the big men down low to improve their play this Friday. Redshirt freshman guard Fats Billups buried three of six from behind the three-point line, and a few of my buddies were texting me, we need Fats this year to be able to spread the floor and hit that outside shot, and I agree. He's a big part of the Rams offensively, and Michael Bell was a good bright spot in my mind defensively. Offensively, there were a few times where I felt like guys were sloppy closing out on his three-point shot, and you're thinking, all right, let's go to the basket. 
and he would he was a little timid going to the basket, pulling up from outside of the paint and passing the ball. Every once in a while, he would go hard and try to finish and, and get fouled. But I need him to do that every time. I mean, we, we kind of have compared him to a young Trevion Graham. Well, the one thing that the freight train was so good at doing was putting his head down, his shoulder down, and driving to the right side uh, of the lane and finishing with contact and, and forcing guys to foul him. And uh, I think that was also... Uh, maybe an issue for the Rams at times where they would drive and then get into no man's land right outside of the lane. So it's like a floater action and they were missing those shots or they'd try to pass it back out. And, um, you know, just too many turnovers as well. 14 turnovers for the Rams. And they only forced five. This is a team that last year was forcing double-digit turner- turnovers every single game. And uh, it made a difference. You did get 17 assists on the game for the Rams uh, compared to just 11 for McNeese State. But, uh, look, we'll be breaking down this game throughout the show today. I wanted to avoid talking about it, but it's the only thing on my mind. I'm so hyped for basketball season, and I've got a lot of high expectations for the Rams, and maybe that's on me. Maybe I need to temper my expectations a little bit because this is a brand-new roster. Zeb Jackson played a decent amount of minutes last year. But it was just to spell Ace Baldwin or to spell Jade Nunn or to play good defensively. He wasn't being tasked with running the offense. And look, he had a great game, but he also shot 5 of 17 and 2 of 12 from the three-point line. And I almost thought that Zeb was trying too hard to take over this contest. And look, we needed someone to take over uh, because you weren't getting enough scoring down low. Uh, But it did come down to... Field goal percentage and three-point percentage. That was the biggest difference uh, between the two schools as McNeese hit 46% from the field. For ECU, 42%. And then the three-point line, it was ugly. McNeese hit eight threes out of 17 shots for 47%. VCU, 11 of 36 for 36%. But the season doesn't really begin, Ram Nation, until 8-10 conference play begins because you guys know VCU has outgrown the A-10. We are the best team, the most dominant team in this conference and have been since we entered it after the 2012-2013 season. And that's what it's going to come down to. Can we win when conference play begins at home and on the road? Because I think most of you guys know that the A-10 just does not get any respect anymore. This is, sadly enough to say, a one-bid league. And hopefully VCU will be the A-10's one bid. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You can vent. You can give me your reaction to the loss last night, 833-804-0910. Lane Casadante will join us at 2 p.m. to go around local sports in Richmond, Virginia. We'll talk NBA with Chase Hughes at 2.30. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now. At 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. We'll get back into the Commanders at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. The question of the day today is, do you believe Sam Howell is Washington's franchise quarterback? Is slinging Sammy Howell the guy? You can call in throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. As uh, Michael Phillips will join us in just a second here for a little crosstalk and get his thoughts on 
The Rams opening night loss by nine points to McNeese State. Um, so frustrating to lose to a team that's coached by Will Wade. I get it. He wasn't in the building uh, last night. But um, look, this is a game that I expected VCU to win. I, I think most of Ram Nation expected VCU to kind of cruise to victory. Now, I will say McNeese State has a, a ton of talented players. Uh, a lot of guys uh, that were at bigger conferences and bigger schools last season and uh, took a step down to play with Will Wade uh, for the Cowboys of McNeese State. And they definitely had talent, but, but we have talent too, and we had the home crowd rocking, and uh, very disappointing to come away with the loss. Joining us right now for a little crosstalk, it's MP on the mic. What's going on, Michael Phillips? Yeah, it was it, it was fun to see a good crowd, fun to be back at the stew, but leave with a sour taste in our mouths. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do want to point out the bright spots though and try to you know keep myself away from too much negativity after just one loss but and that is uh senior guard Max Shulga like it seemed like he put the team on his back he can really hit the outside shot you were talking about it on your show how he kind of ran the point at times um and and that's because I think Jason Nelson was struggling against the press of McNeese State and so uh they did kind of point guard by committee and let uh Shulga handle the ball but his outside shot was really impressive Boy, six for ten from behind the arc, and in those critical moments, there was about ten minutes left when you kind of realize they got to do it now or they're not going to do it. He just made big shot after big shot, which you love to see. You love to see him rise to that moment, demand the ball, shoot the ball, and get the points. Now, every time he made one, it seemed like McNeese State had an answer on the other end, which was enormously frustrating. Just never got that momentum, never cut it to less than seven, never got that chance for the crowd to go wild. Uh, but especially with Bearstow out, just so important to have a guy who's the guy, right? I, I think everybody on the roster has a green light to shoot, and especially when they get a good shot. And Kwani Kwani had four shots from behind the arc. Like, everybody's got the green light, but you need a guy who's the man, a guy who, hey, who are we looking to right now to get us a clutch bucket? And he stepped up, and he said, I'm going to be that guy for you. Yeah, and, and Michael, I started the show by saying I was just frustrated with the amount of three-point shots. I mean, it was volume shooting at at its peak. I mean, you had 36 three-pointers attempted. uh, Kwani Kwani 0 for 4. Jason Nelson 0 for 3. Michael Bell 0 for 1. And and these are guys that we're going to count on to hit three-point shots throughout the season. Injuries have killed VCU basketball since I've been a fan, honestly. Last year, the team started the season without Ace Baldwin. This year, without Sean Bairstow. And and I thought that um, most of Ram Nation noticed the impact of Bearstone not being on the court. There's a reason that Ryan Odom brought him here to VCU. It's not just because he's a good player and he can contribute, but because he knows how to run the Odom offense. And I thought that missing Bearstow uh, was a big difference last night. Very much so. And you mentioned uh, injuries in the postgame. Uh, Ryan Odom shared that Fats Phillips missed about three weeks of practice this fall going into the season and yeah I thought actually Fats played really well last night but these are the things that really hurt you as you're trying to build team chemistry and trying to develop a new team and a new roster and you nailed it this is not a new story unfortunately for the VCU faithful and with a roster that's really essentially nine deep uh, or ten deep maybe at best this is going to be a thing they're they're very fragile uh, and, and if you have injuries they're going to echo going to have impacts down the line for you that's going to be an important storyline to watch this year but yeah i I mean shulga obviously he established himself last night 
Barristow will come back and establish himself. These are guys with big-time college basketball experience, and I think that over time you're going to watch the other guys develop into that, but there were a lot of guys who you saw last night just didn't look like they were ready for that moment, got punched in the mouth by that defense, started settling for bad shots around the perimeter, got, got, got rattled on offense, looked frozen up. That, that was Odom's phrase. I thought that was really good. They, they looked like they didn't have a plan for what was going to happen when they faced adversity. And I think a lot of that, for your Christian Furmans of the world, is going to be facing it, experiencing it, living it, working through it. And, and we're going to watch that live in real time, unfortunately, because there's no other option couple stats for you, Ram Nation, that I think is telling about the loss last night. VCU's largest run was 11-0, but McNeese State had a 12-0 run of their own. Like Michael said, they were answering anytime VCU had a clutch bucket. Uh, assists, 17 for VCU, 11 for McNeese State, but steals, 9 for the Cowboys, just 3 for the Rams uh, of VCU. The defense uh, was an issue in my mind. Michael, what did you think was the issue with Roosevelt Wheeler? We we need this team to dominate with paint points with the length that they have. When you're starting Kwani Kwani, Michael Bell, you're playing Furman, you're playing Wheeler, you're playing Toby Lawal. We've got too much height and size to lose paint points 36 to 22. And Wheeler had an offer. Zero points, did not attempt a shot, three rebounds in just 13 minutes. Yeah, absolute stat of the night for me, and Odom was disappointed with it afterward as well. This is a team that should be able to get the ball into the paint against McNeese State. Like, you don't need to put caveats on that. That's the statement. They should be able to get the ball into the paint against pretty much any team they play this season, but especially McNeese State. And I don't want to take anything away. I mentioned during my show, I thought McNeese played a really good game, and you could tell as much as we love to hate the guy, Will Wade's a really good coach and had them prepared and ready to go. But but at the same time, man, you've got to get those you've got to get the ball in the paint. You've got to work it through. You've got to make that extra pass. Get get some open shots. Get some inside shots. I don't think that's Ryan Odom basketball. I don't think that's what he wants. I don't think that's what he wants them settling for. And I don't think that's what we'll see going forward. I think you'll see a renewed emphasis on that because I do think that's really important to him. Yeah, it kind of felt like to me, watching that Odom only trusted certain guys on the court. Like, like not everyone was bringing it last night. And the guys he trusted were Zeb Jackson, Max Scholga, Fats Billups, Michael Bell, and Christian Furman. And outside of those guys, everyone else played under 20 minutes. And uh, they, they were disappointing at times. And so, you know, we talked all offseason about how, wow, this is such a deep team here. Uh, but when the team was trying to come back, he kind of stuck with just those five guys. What does that say to you, Michael? Yeah, and they're still learning, too. And I, I think Nelson's probably my biggest one. Uh, Nelson, Kwani, Kwani, both. Like, I think both maybe underachieved relative to my expectations. Like, oh, man, do I need to go back to the drawing board and recalibrate what I think those two guys can bring to this team this year? For Jason Nelson, obviously, he's got that pedigree with the John Marshall He's obviously a very talented player, um, but we just didn't see that ball control, that sureness um, that you wanted to see. With Kwani Kwani, I, I don't know that the decision-making w- was where you wanted it to be either. So, right, that's what we have to figure out on Friday night. How much of this is they had a bad game, they had nerves, they had jitters, they're going to work through this, they'll be fine. And how much of this is we need to go all the way back to the drawing board and recalibrate what can these guys give us this year? What is a reasonable expectation? and can develop into contributors and guys who could be trusted to play big minutes 
by the time we get to January, because I, I completely agree with your statement from earlier. January is when it matters. A-10 play is going to be when this matters. This isn't going to be a team that carries a tournament-caliber resume into March. They're going to have to you know, either win the regular season A-10 or win the postseason tournament to make that noise. Can they get there? That's the big question mark for me coming out of this. Yeah, they got blitzed, and they looked like a deer in the headlights. They were not ready for what McNeese State brought last night. Uh, you mentioned Jason Nelson. It's never good to have more turnovers than assists. He had a 2-1 to one turnover to assist ratio uh, there. And, and I think he's so talented. He's too talented, and he's played too much high-level basketball. You mentioned John Marshall, AAU champion a- as well, and, and then last season at Richmond. To get trapped in the backcourt, uh, like that, and, and just turn the ball over, and, and that happened twice uh, last night. And, and then you mentioned with Kwani Kwani, he's got so much size and length, but if you're 0 for 4 from 3, well, then they're just going to leave you open, and then it's like, well, why are you 6-7? You could be 5-8 if you're just standing around the outside missing shots. Yeah, I, I agree on both those assessments, right? So that, that's a challenge of the first game. That's, that's why teams love the cupcake first game. You feel good about yourself. People go on the radio the next day and and talk about all your good things as opposed to challenging yourself. And this was a challenging opponent, but this is also a tough loss. And so now we we ask those questions early in the season. You watch against Samford on Friday with that in the back of your mind. You'll watch against Radford next week with that in the back of your mind. Like, okay, how much of this is one game, one aberration? And I think the three-point shooting is. I think this is a really good shooting team. I think they had a cold night. Uh, I don't think they'll be that bad from behind the arc on a nightly basis. But I think there are other bigger underlying structural issues that are absolutely we're going to have to continue to explore and watch carefully. Uh, I got that Radford game circled, right? I, I, think, I think they'll handle Samford easily. Um, but Radford's going to come to play, and Radford has produced some good teams and some well-coached teams in recent years. They got that VCU pedigree. Mike Jones went down there, did a great job building that Radford program up. I got that game circled. It's going to be a real test for these guys and, and an important one as they continue to build their identity. As bad as it was to lose last night, it was not as bad as losing to Jacksonville last year. The Dolphins came in and beat the Rams. So we've been there before, and we've conquered the A-10, and I expect the Rams to do it again this year. And Michael, appreciate you joining the show, man. Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure. Yep. VCU fans, I need to let you know that you can join Sports Radio 910 The Fan, myself, Adam Epstein, and Club D3 Travel for the ESPN Events Invitational Basketball Tournament this Thanksgiving weekend at the Walt Disney World Resort. You can cheer on the Rams as they take on Iowa State, possibly Virginia Tech, Butler, Penn State, Texas A&M, and more. Exclusive tournament packages are presented by Club D3 Travel. So whether you want to stay on or off Disney property, Club D3 Travel gets you in the action. Club D3 is owned and operated by VCU alum and Disney experts. Give them a call, 804 869 0184 or just go online clubd3travel.com and even if you don't want to travel for this tournament but you want to go to Disney World in the future with your family check them out today clubd3travel.com and tell them AWOD sent you Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 
804 You can always tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. Still to come on the show today, I'm going to give out my NFL power rankings through the first nine weeks of the season. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up every day at 1 p.m. The question of the day today is, do you believe... Washington has finally found their franchise quarterback in Sam Howell. Lane Casadante will join us to run around local sports at 2 p.m. And Chase Hughes to talk some whiz and NBA at 2.30. But I just wanted to do one more segment about VCU basketball because it's it's the only thing on my mind. Like, uh, after the game last night, I told my friend, I know I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to toss and turn replaying every single play from the game because I care about the... Washington Redskins, number one. That's the most important thing in my life. The Commanders are the top dog. Number two is VCU basketball. And uh, that's why I'm so happy to be part of the pregame show alongside Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby because I can talk about something that I care about, I'm passionate about, and I believe I know pretty well. But I'm disappointed with the loss last night, and I was disappointed with the defensive performance and the offensive performance. And if you want to chime in and give me your thoughts, 833-804-0910. McNeese State shot 56% 56% from the field, including 47 from three-point range. And they only turned the ball over five times in a game. And I think, you know, we were so used to the, the system that Coach Rhodes was running and the defensive players that we had, and they were such good defenders. And, I mean, Ace Baldwin's your defensive player of the year. And, and you lose that guy. And, and Zeb Jackson's a very good defender, and he's, he's I think he's more athletic than Ace Baldwin, but he's not the on-ball guy that Ace is with Ace's ability to, you know, create deflections and steals and get out in transition. And, and defensively, the Rams, honestly, were kind of soft inside, and that was, um, you know, a big issue for me. I, I felt like looking at this matchup against McNeese State, yeah, they've got a couple good guards, all right, and they'll, they can score the ball, but we should dominate in the paint. And that's not what happened uh, last night as the Rams lose their home opener by 11, 76-65. Some more stats that stick out to me. I have to talk about the turnovers. 14 turnovers for VCU, and a lot of those were live ball turnovers. Turnovers that let McNeese State get out in transition. They scored 13 points off of the 14 turnovers. um, and, And a lot of that's because VCU was turning the ball over when they were running in transition. You know, too often, the guys had a three-on-one fast break or a three-on-two fast break, and it turned into a fast break for the Cowboys of McNeese State going the other way, and that was a big difference maker. I think you have to also point to total rebounds, right? This is a game where VCU should have been able to dominate on the boards, and they tied the offensive rebound battle 9-9. They won the defensive rebound battle by 2, 27-25. Pretty much even pretty much even throughout the game. And uh, this is a game where McNeese jumped out to a huge lead. And Coach Ryan Odom talked to Robbie Robinson about that after the game. You know, we missed a couple shots. He thought guys were uh, maybe forcing it a little bit in the beginning of the game, Um, scared to drive to the basket and go inside because McNeese was playing strong down low. And then you look up at the scoreboard, all of a sudden you're down by 20. And when any game when you – end up down by double digits, it's tough to come back. When you're down by 20, it is so difficult because you're using so much energy to cut the lead. And they did cut it from 20 to 16 to 12, uh, even to 10 at one point. But then you've used so much energy doing that that you slip up a little bit defensively. 
and uh, McNeese had a really good game plan. They were incredible at going to the basket, hitting their three-point shots. I mean, think about this. Richards, number two for McNeese State, was five of six from three-point range. And this was that, that you know, taller kid, taller guard. Uh, I'll never forget he was wearing the shortest shorts ever. I mean, my, my goodness, why are we staring at this guy's thigh as he's draining three-point shot after three-point shot? Uh, but I'll give him credit. He hit. Almost every shot, didn't matter if it was contested or not. He was incredible, and he played 37 minutes. He played 37 minutes and didn't seem to get tired last night. And second chance points, that's a big issue for VCU to lose that battle 11-4. to uh, That's why I said I think the loss comes down to the big men down low. And I'm looking at Roosevelt Wheeler to be much more improved on Friday. This is a guy that we were so hyped for in the offseason. Comes over from Louisville. He's a Richmond product himself, an 804 kid. He was dominant in the exhibition game. 7 of 7. His teammates found him. And I think that's part of the issue last night. It wasn't all on Rose. His teammates didn't find him. Right, If your big man down low off the bench does not attempt a shot, that means you're shooting too many shots from the outside. What made VCU so good in the black and gold game and the exhibition game and the secret scrimmage from all we've heard about the game against South Carolina that they won was driving and dishing, right? Finding your teammates, playing unselfish basketball. And look, it's not like they had... 10 assists, 5 assists. No, they still had 17 assists, but a lot of the assists were to jump shots and not to getting dunks and flushes. And I think that was the difference there last night for me was VCU did not get enough easy buckets, right? Not enough transition layups and dunks. Not enough flushes down low from your big men, Furman, Wheeler, and Toby Lawal. And uh, I, I think that's what they're going to work on. And look, maybe this loss is the best thing for the program, right? I'm sure Ryan Odom is going to run the kids into the ground the rest of the week and uh, make sure that they understand that that was not the type of performance that represents VCU basketball, all right? It, it, it just was not. And uh, it, look, it's a long season. It just began last night, and uh, I'm definitely not throwing in the towel at all, you know? Like I said earlier, this is a season where conference play matters most. At a conference play, it's all about creating team chemistry. And let's be honest, last night they looked like a guy, a team that was filled with 11 new guys that didn't really know where each other liked to be out on the court. And yes, they, they went to Athens for 10 days, and they have developed some team chemistry, but it, it matters what happens on the court, especially when you're at home in the regular season. And this is a VCU team that won the A-10 title last year that dropped a few games at home, including Jacksonville, and they should have lost to Kennesaw State. So uh, we've lost at home before. We'll rally around these guys. Uh, I'm sure the fan base is going to be fired up like they were tonight on Friday night as they're back at home uh, for another contest. But uh, just a disappointing game last night. The crowd was awesome. The jerseys were awesome. The dance team, the cheerleaders were awesome. The new video board was awesome. The block party was awesome. Uh, it's just as soon as they tipped it off, it went from uh, from stellar to a little less awesome, uh, I'd say. But uh, that was my thoughts on the game. If you want to chime in throughout the show, it's 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. 
Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up at 1 p.m. The question of the day is, do you believe in Sam Howell as the franchise's next quarterback? Over the next five to ten years, can we trust in Sam Howell to lead us to the playoffs and maybe even Make this team a Super Bowl contender down the line. Lane Casadante will join us to jo- uh, to go around local sports in Richmond, Virginia at 2 p.m. And Chase Hughes will join us at 2.30. Uh, but it is election day. It is election day here in Richmond, Virginia. And so I put together a, a little bit for you guys to celebrate election day. According to a recent survey, over half of Americans expect Election Day to be the most stressful day of their lives so far. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, we're going to make Election Day fun here on 910 The Fan. Not going to get it political. We're going to make it sports heavy. Sports. We're going to elect the best player in every sport currently. Uh, That'll be coming up in just a second here. But joining us right now is our traffic reporter, Brian. We appreciate you stopping by. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, I love to say that when we have the traffic reporter on the show, how's it looking outside? Are the cars moving? (laughs) (laughs) So you know I'm in charge of all of your commercials that pay your salary. Yeah, I was trying to explain that to somebody, that you don't really control the traffic. You control the traffic of the commercial workflow. That's correct. Yeah. But it's cooler uh, to call you the traffic reporter and pretend that you're out there on the street, you know, making sure that 95's not backed up. uh, I would argue that uh, I would like to see the salary structure for that job and (laughs) compare it to mine, and then I'll make that determination. Could we we send you out on Broad Street and do a live traffic report? Uh, No. (laughs) I'll drive to lunch, and that'll be about it. (laughs) Well, I I brought you in here because I was impressed with uh, what you told me yesterday, all right? So... I use FanDuel. Sign up with the promo code AWOD, A-W-A-D-D, and you can sign up right now on FanDuel to take uh, advantage of their promotional offers, and I sports gamble a lot. And you told me that you decided to pick every NFL game over the weekend. I did. I do. So I do that every week. And you write it down. Write it down at home. I mean, it's, it's as old school as it gets. It's literally usually about uh, Sunday at about you know 12.58 p.m., mm-hmm. right before the games kick. Yeah. And I've been doing it for, oh, I don't know, 30 years so, maybe? Oh, you've been, been doing, doing it doing this? I didn't know you've been. So, and you've never placed a wager. No, 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 This no, is no, just, just, you do it for uh, bragging Keep track rights. of the record. Keep track you know, of, yep. what, do you have your overall record? You know, I don't, I have it for, from each season and I average, I don't know, 90 games over 500 over the course of the season. So that's not oh, terrible, Oh, so you're right? over 500. Oh, that, absolutely. A lot absolutely, over. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and, so, and did you start with Thursday night football? I did. Okay, so you started with Thursday night football and... Uh, when you saw me yesterday, you said, I am 13-0. I did, yes. I, I couldn't believe when I went through the late scores on Sunday after the Cincinnati big win yep. there against the Bills. I was like, man, I think I'm going to run the table. Let me double-check it. And I had run the table all the way through the end of uh, Sunday night when uh, Mike and Chris went off the air. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then yesterday I came in and I said, it's going to happen. Should I change my pick? 
and you were kind of noncommittal. I was noncommittal on it, and I should have changed it. Because I, sh- I give myself the option before it kicks, I can yep. still change the pick. Well, you went with the Jets, obviously. They lost last night. But uh, my mind was racing after you told me you're 13-0. I, I'm, <laughs> things are clicking inside this brain here. I'm thinking about bit season. And so I want to put together okay. a 10-leg parlay. Let's not try to hit all 14 games. Let's try to hit 10. We're going to put it together. Right, okay. the minds of Brian, the traffic reporter, and Awad, the wacky DJ. All right, and see if we can make some serious cash. Okay, I am willing you know to front the money. Oh, wow. In exchange for a sixty-forty split, is that fair? That's fair. All right. Would you, do you want it to be fifty? Is it five dollars I can put up? For yes, this? five dollars. Okay. Well, I think I can live with that. That's cheaper than lunch, actually. So. <laughs> yep. And and if we get all ten right, I'm I'm telling you, it's gonna. Pay out over a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> right. It's going to be life changing money. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, thoughts on this coming weekend already? Have you looked at any of the I matchups? I have not. I, again, I normally look at the last minute. So, like, walk me through what's going on in your mind that that led to you going thirteen and zero. Because uh, I don't think I've been over five hundred recently. Uh, you know what? I usually pick the favorite. Okay. Um, I'll usually do that. You're a front runner, and okay. a little bit because I don't have a favorite team, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, of course, being here. Being a great affiliate of the Commanders, you know, it's it's great to be that. So I've been kind of rooting for them here lately. You know, we've had the, the games two or three years now, I guess, here yep, at Odyssey. Yep. And I kind of listen to a lot of New York sports, being a Mets fan. So I kind of look for the Jets and the Giants, and they're terrible pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always kind of been a big fan of sort of some of the Western teams. You know, the Rams I kind of like. Mm. Seattle sort of uh, won the Super Bowl several years ago with a but local But you picked guy. both those teams correctly to lose this I past did. weekend. I did, yes. They have, they've been, uh, you know. So you're like an East Coast guy with some West Coast flavor. A little bit. And because of that, you're our NFL savant now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I used to look for Hokies on teams, but I, there's not as many as there used to be, and I lost track, so yeah. forget it. Yeah, well, Logan Thomas was big for the Skins this weekend against he the Patriots. Was. He sure was, yeah. absolutely. Love so, Logan Thomas. So we're going to put together this bet, and uh, we'll throw it out there on Friday. No, actually, we need to do it Thursday, so we can include Thursday night football. And for the listeners of the AWOD Army here to chime in, give their thoughts, and possibly bet as well. But you were hot last week. I think you're going to stay hot. I might. I think you're going to stay hot. You know, the first, I was just thinking back real quick. I was 13-3 and three week one, oh and I think goodness. I was, I want to say I was 12-4 and four week two. I'm telling you, if you like were that. a degenerate, you'd be a rich <laughs> M-effer. You'd be a rich degenerate. <laughs> well, thankfully, you, I'm not that you'd, yet. You'd have a condo in Las Vegas if you had been placing <laughs> these bets like 50 or $100 a game. I did have a 5-11 and 11 week, Oh, well, so that was a little ugly. Yeah. That's when you can win foreclosure. <laughs> That's yeah. All right, so we just got a house that's not paid for. I would like it for not yeah. to foreclose. <laughs> we we put it out there. It's election day. We're going to celebrate election day by selecting the best player in every sport currently. And Brian, you're my baseball guy. You might be my football savant now, but um, <laughs> who do you think is the best player in baseball today? Well, obviously the textbook answer is uh, Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Watching the playoffs. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest, and I, it pains me as a Mets fan to say this, I think Bryce Harper is the best player in baseball. <laughs> it's just there's something about the way his approach, there's something about the way he goes about the game with utmost seriousness. Now listen, Shohei Otani takes it seriously too, and you know the number 26 guy on the roster does as well. But, but Harper has shown year after year after year that nothing matters to him except winning. 
everything comes second, whether it's a relationship with another teammate or whatever. Winning is most important. So I would have to say Bryce Harper is top of the list for me. And, you know, he has got a contract to prove it, too, right? Were, were you peeking over at my ballot? Because <laughs> you know I what? elected Bryce Harper I as well. Wasn't. We voted. Oh my goodness. Bryce Harper as the best baseball player in Major League Baseball as of today. Of course, anybody can argue, you know, all the old school guys, Hank Aaron, you know, you can argue, uh, uh, you know, Derek Jeter and all that. But right. the way we're doing it today, we're celebrating Election Day, November 7th, 2023, by electing the current best player in every sport. You can chime in 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Or tweet us at 910thefan and at AWOD Radio. I'm not sure I can name 10 NFL players players maybe i could <laughs> and this is the guy that went 13 and 0 this weekend are you picking based off a of mascot and color on uniforms or something <laughs> my goodness you sound like my sister right now <laughs> i just Mark's think around the corner. Corner. Yeah, yeah that's the way that works <laughs> you going to any sporting events this weekend you know, Emma, let's see. Let me think. I am not. I was going to do the Virginia Tech game next weekend, but mm-hmm. it's so close to Thanksgiving and the traffic department gets pretty busy yeah. that week, so I'm going to have to take a pass. But um, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be watching the Rams play. You know, I know what I, you know I want to go to? I want to see Hampton Sydney College. Have uh, you been to a game I there? I have not. I've heard really good things. They, they're calling it uh, Hoosiers of the East Coast. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Randolph-Macon is uh, perfect in football so far as well this oh, season. Yeah. I think they're going for their 11th win coming up this weekend. Virginia so. dominates D3 sports. They really, I mean, <laughs> really you, CNU, Hampton Sydney, Randolph-Macon, and I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting. Now, I'm from Southwest Virginia, okay. Roanoke. So Roanoke College in the next few years will have football for the first time, bringing it back. Since bringing World, it back. Since World War II. Oh, my God. Coming goodness. back. They're going to be in the ODAC. Against Bridgewater, oh, that's against awesome. Randolph-Macon, against you know Hand- Hamden Sydney, yeah, they're going to be back with football, and they're going to play in a pretty legit-sized stadium up there. There's a high school stadium that's like seats ten thousand. Yeah, well, that's so, awesome, and that's coming in a few years. I think they're going to hire a coach here soon. All right, let us know who you would elect as the best player in each sport. Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.